nice yeah, and clear. Yeah. It does until we start talking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> start rabbiting over each other. <laughs> yeah, that's it, four-way, just fucking noise, isn't it? That's why I'm looking for the fader for Tim. I can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do the editing on the show. <laughs> look, 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 you're out. <laughs> He actually makes me smell. Smell? Smell? <laughs> I do make him smell, baby. Yeah. He, make, he makes smell me sound smarter. <laughs> no, he makes me sound completely stupid most weeks. Oh, I, I, think, I you... think you're doing quite well at the moment. Oh, I'd see. I, 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 you knew I'd say that? I was opening myself up for that, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> opening yourself up for it? Yeah, baby. Baby. <laughs> Congratulations, you lucky sods. You've downloaded episode 79 of Apotheosis of a Bombast. I am Ultimate Manus. Joining me as always is Scott Copperman. He sounds like this. Yo. But it doesn't end there. Being the home of the guest producer, we have joining us not one, but two guest producers. One man is a man's man, going by the name of Brad Thornton. He sounds like this. Hello. And to balance out all the testosterone, we've decided to bring along his little bum chum. Nay, the monkey to Brad's organ. <laughs> it's Timmy Morris. She sounds like this. You've been working on that introduction all bloody day, haven't you? I certainly have, yes. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, Hello, mate. Hello. Hello. Right, we have Scott, Brad, Tim and moi all in the room. Uh, and we're just going to kick off something god knows what it's going to be but it's definitely going to be an episode of bombast um right first time well last time i spoke to you guys was on happy times is that right it's that's true yeah, yeah. yeah. That's correct yeah yeah it was a long the live calling show yeah that was it uh, was yeah and we kept you waiting for ages and yeah. Really bad yeah. about it. it was like yeah. stumbling through a park and meeting two drunk tramps let's put it be honest <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got us on here to outwit us, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's written this script, doesn't he? Yeah. I just know it. Payback time, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's that's the end of our script. I, I have nothing else. I'm naked now, so let's let's have it. Turn the page. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. And I am lifting these words off the sheet of paper. He's he's in the page. Just like in the map, yes. Well, yeah, okay. Guys, how you doing? Ah. Uh, yeah. Been great. Uh, uh, glad to be here on a podcast of a bombast, my good mate. Cool. How are you? Yeah, Tim? yeah, I'm very well. This is this is a great pleasure indeed. My great mate Elden, my great mate Scott. <laughs> <laughs> good to have you. <laughs> it's going to be a long. So I, I have a, a question. I'm, I'm feeling a, a bit out of the loop here. And uh, Elton, I, I think I saw you were finally back on the Xbox the other day. Is that right? Only just, yeah. Ah, how convenient. Only what? just you say, and yet you were there not responding to my messages. But I understand. <laughs> but does everybody, uh, am I correct, everyone has the Xbox? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes, although I haven't been on mine in weeks. No, me neither. And Black Ops? Call of Duty Black Ops? Y- yes. Uh, yeah, I've got Black Ops, but I can't get into it. Well, it, it, I stumbled. Normally I'm a big 
digger for Easter eggs. I don't normally find them on my own. I, I'll go right to the website and see someone else's list. I'm too lazy to do that. But then I'll go and explore. But it, it never occurred to me to look to see if the Xbox games had Easter eggs. And uh, I just just came to my attention this weekend that that there are Easter eggs for Black Ops. I know I'm probably way behind. Oh, no, no. Don't, don't, I don't know this. Tell us more. Oh, what one no. have you found? I know one. don't know any. All right, well, what's the one you know? Let's start. I actually have a list we can go through and, and discuss. Okay, <laughs> I can make the guy stand up in the chair. In the main menu? In the main menu, and then walk oh, yeah, around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. I didn't and... realise that was an Easter egg. No, but then well, there's, there's a computer there. to punch into as well, and you can play games on that computer. Yes, right. you can play Zork. You can uh, read various emails and access a whole bunch of things. Ooh. Mm. There is... Uh, Supposedly, if you go through Nuketown and <laughs> are able to knock off all the heads of the mannequins quickly enough, you get uh, Sympathy for the Devil to play in the background. Oh, like in the trailer. Yeah. There yeah. are a couple of holes in the fences of Nuketown that you can actually drive your uh, remote control cars through. And you'll, there's nothing really out there other than to explore, but... <laughs> can go off, off the map, literally, as they say. Also Weird. So, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch. There's, um, you know, characters. A lot of them are little things, like there's a character named uh, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> uh, a secret weapon Easter egg, the Thunder Gun. It says, load up the Black Ops campaign mission numbers on any difficulty. After the gas is released in the first room, turn around, go behind the desk, you'll see a black cassette inside of a player. Activate the cassette. Is this in the actual main game itself or in multiplayer as well? That is in campaign, so that's oh. in the main game. So, I mean, there's there's too many to really go through them all, but I, I was shocked and uh, I shouldn't have been because I, as Falling Lost, I know there's all kinds of things in there and I, I've always heard of the uh, Konami code. They say there's oh, a yeah. bunch of websites yeah. you can go to and if you type in the key string, various things happen. Yeah. But I just I've been lazy about it and now I'm intrigued. I want to go and explore the other things. Yeah, there's uh it's the left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, uh A B and all that rubbish in that, the Konami code. Yeah, you can do it on certain websites, um, big famous websites and strange things happen. Really? Yeah, you have to Google it. I can't remember which one's off the top of my head, but there's lots and lots of famous websites where you can enter the Konami code and, and get an Easter egg. Yeah. A lot of times Easter eggs are uh, like cheat codes that you'll... Or it's something that's built in that you can unlock. Like, um, what was it? I think it's NHL 09. There's a female hockey player that you can you can unlock as a free agent and things like that, but... Oh, she wouldn't last too long. Bloody hell, it'd be a gang rape in the middle of the ice, wouldn't it? Well, they mixed her out. She's, she's a beast. I think she's a goalie. All, like, all 99s across the board, stuff like that. But. <laughs> I remember when Tomb Raider came out back in uh, the mid-90s for the PlayStation 1. There were always rumours that you could get Lara's tits out. And yeah. uh, it never worked. He spent <laughs> hours trying to yeah. <laughs> up, down, left, right. Sounds like the voice so. of a man who spent every night of last year trying. <laughs> I wanted to see some pixelated nipples, and I wasn't going to stop. God damn it! See, the best thing about that was to make her run into the wall, and she'd just go, "Oh!" <laughs> and so you just run her into the wall again. Oh. <laughs> I used to like make it because you could also make her do that handstand. 
when she climbed up a boulder, you could press a combination of buttons. Oh, yeah. And she would do a complete handstand. Um, and the swan dive as well, jumping from a high ledge into the uh, into the water was a little Easter egg as well. Uh, yeah, that was Tomb Raider 3, I think. Um, no, the was handstand the first was one definitely... Yeah, it was in the first one, yeah. I never Wicked. played the third one. Yes. So, nah. yeah, Easter eggs, love them. Miranda in Mass Effect 2. That's, that's the only one worth doing. Literally doing. What happens on that? <laughs> you can sleep with her. Oh, sweet. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> Well, actually, you can pretty much sleep with any character in the game if you try hard enough. But Miranda, because it's Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck, mm-hmm. um, she's particularly gorgeous, and because it's modelled on her, um, they actually did the motion capture, so it's anatomically correct. And as uh, Lee Medcalf from... The Black Dog Podcast always points out if you manage to sleep with her during the game, when you complete the game, there's a credit for um, what's her name? Victoria's Secret, who provide the underwear in the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You filthy pervert. Well, not the only one by the sound of it. No, no, it's good to know we're in we're in good company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, don't want to hear this. So. <laughs> <laughs> only a few select people. There was another. Um... Easter egg that I heard that you could um, make the guy in Grand Theft Auto pee up the wall as well by oh. doing a, a certain number of buttons and stabs and shoulder buttons, but I've, oh, no. I've never been able to make him do it at all. No, no never heard that one. Oh. And in another game, uh, was it Uncharted or something like that? Uh, if you flew a plane, you could fly a plane off an island, and if you carry on on a certain bearing, you found the actual lost island. You could fly (laughs) over the Lost Island. I don't know what happened (sighs) after that. Sorry, what? Scott's Scott's going to go out and buy it just for that bit. (laughs) There you go. Bloody Lost. No, I bought the video I blame you two. Yeah, Brad's not a fan of Lost. No, I was. Till the end. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Probably the wrong show to mention that on. That's fine. (laughs) That's all right. Bloody thing. I have uh, a couple of sites called up here. One is the worst 25 video game Easter eggs, the top 25, the 50 best. But on the Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, it says you can see Bigfoot. I don't actually have uh, any Grand Theft Auto games, oh, so I wouldn't know. But... Is it Vice City where you can turn into uh, Superman and fly around? There's one of the Grand Theft Auto games where you can go into one of the clothing shops and change clothes into a Superman costume and then fly around the game. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is. I'm, I'm sure one of your listeners will know. It's either Vice City or San Andreas, I think. I'd heard the San Andreas one about Bigfoot. I never saw him, though. No, I didn't. Oh, so. <laughs> Good game. You know, I, I like the things like the this Black Ops where you can get out of the chair and go and actually access something. That, I'm not so impressed when it's, oh, if uh, you stare at the water, you'll see a squid go by or... <laughs> You know, like it's <laughs> little things like that. That you know, it doesn't happen unless you do. Like, I prefer it to be that you can can actually access new content. And if you stare at your sink and saw a squid go by, I'll be quite impressed with that. Hmm. Yeah. That one was in. Uh, that's actually number fifty on the top fifty here in Assassin's Creed Two. Stare into the pool in the last chamber of Santa Maria della Visitazione. If you stare at the pool for a minute, a squid swims by, repeat the process, and an enormous tentacle comes out of the water. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> so that's definitely in number 50. 
Assassin's Creed 2 has got the bit where he he meets he goes to meet his uncle Mario and when he opens the door he goes it's me Mario yes oh, that's right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know well there's, there's a thousand sites you can go to so yeah and uh, not just games have easter eggs as well DVDs do yeah in the menus quite often yes I remember one on the Harry Potter the Chamber of Secrets DVD uh, you'd have to tap the brick wall in a certain order to um, enter the deleted scenes. Um, I didn't bother. No. <laughs> I couldn't remember. You were tapping the screen, weren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. When you get a DVD set, do you tend to go through and really dig through it, or do you basically you watch the movie and that's it? Not I mean, Deleted ah. scenes are probably the only other thing that I'll look at. I I'm quite fond of director's commentaries on films that I really like. I like outtakes and gaffes. But no, I don't think I've I think Lord of the Rings is probably the only one I've watched almost everything. Oh dear god. And um and the, st- <laughs> Were the you Star off Trek sick for a week or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that was just the first bloody film. Um but no, I've never actually watched a director's commentary of anything. Some of them are funny. The one on Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog is hilarious. Yes, I need to get that. That's that's the one where it's a, a completely different musical. The entire cast got together and recorded another musical to go along with the film as a commentary. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I've watched a couple of directors' commentaries, and it's kind of hit or miss. I don't. If I really like the movie, sometimes I like finding what was behind some of the scenes, and, but a lot of times it's it's distracting for me. It just, especially if I if I've already seen the movie and I'm not really getting much more than yeah we shot this scene in Burma it was about three weeks mm. yeah if you look behind there you'll see uh, John's wearing the same coat as he wore in scene one <laughs> I don't need to know that <laughs> I think I, I've only remember... watched sorry go, go ahead on. go on no no, no. I, I think I've only watched the um, <laughs> the, the Black Hawk Down uh, bits on the DVD and it, it's quite interesting on how they actually do the the Blackhawks actually coming down onto the ground and crashing where it's CG and where it's real action models and stuff like that and how they do all the the dust and the the smoke and stuff. It's really good, that is. But apart from that, I haven't really hit anything else. No. Not Star Wars? I would have thought you'd watched all the Uh, scenes for that. I haven't got it on DVD. (gasps) Really? Whoa. They're all online now. Did you just really say that? Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm waiting for the Blu-rays. Because, only because I bought the VHSs when they came out and they, he turned around and said right this is the last box set and then he brought out the specials hmm. in the box set so I had to get them it's and a different film like Fantasia and all these things that they say this is the last time Snow White available for the last time hmm. until the golden edition and the 25th anniversary edition and the... Yeah, I just didn't want to get smuggled again so I wanted to wait until they all come out in one nice box set all six on blu-ray and then all six it. really oh you have to no. yeah i'd have to have no you do even if, even if you don't like the three prequels no. you have to for continuity you have to buy the lot the worst one Definitely. is attack of the clones you just he's just gonna do more yeah. if you give him money well you know he's bringing out the 3d ones as well isn't he so i was just about to say if you're waiting for blu-ray then you've probably got another six year wait because there's going to be 3D Blu-ray, but which time Blu-ray will be extinct, so you'll be oh. on to the next format. And you don't think at some point then he'll just recast? Mm. What, entirely CG, maybe? 
Did you see that Clone Wars movie that was all like kind of before the TV show came out? No, I haven't seen any of the Clone Wars. That was a bit more Japanese looking, wasn't it? Um, the, the original movie. It's very video gamey. They're not yeah. clones. They're stormtroopers. Damn it! <laughs> but that's it's now replaced. If you go to to the kids' schools and all, that's it's all prequel terminology and yeah, you know, oh, yeah. is it? That must be really annoying because I haven't had that yet. But yeah, you look at the lunch boxes. Um, you don't see Luke, Leia, and Han <laughs> You'd always Solo look at anymore. the lunch boxes, Tim. You always. <laughs> you you wouldn't let it lie, would you? Oh, no, sorry. You walked into it. That <clears throat> choice. <laughs> I did. I didn't walk into anything there. That's just you being you. You staring at lunch boxes is not me being me. <laughs> so rude. The fact that you th- the kids' lunch boxes at that. I mean, I don't oh. rumors. Step away from the lunchbox. <laughs> the one holdover for which there's no. Well, I wouldn't say the one, but the the big element that's that's part of uh, the original tr- trilogy and not the prequels is Leia, because I don't think Amidala, the princess or the queen, whatever she was in the prequel, has the same. Equivalent. She doesn't have the the bikini scene. Oh no! Doesn't have the little buns on the hair. I mean, I know they tried to make it look like there was some genetic link between the clothes they wore and the hairstyles and all, but I mean, that's that's the one character that really didn't appear in the other one and doesn't have a comparable character in in the prequel to me. I mean, it did. Amidala's dress just didn't flow as. Nicely and softly off her young pert breasts, like it did with young Carrie Fisher, <laughs> did it? Did you notice that? Or was that just me? Yeah. <laughs> Man, she was. Do you know? She, I can't believe she was only nineteen when she made Star Wars. She'd still been a crackhead for ten years at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you're shattering my bloody youth. Sorry. I only remember the bikini scene with Jabba the Hutt. Oh, that was a. Apparently, um, Harrison Ford got an eyeful a few times when she was wearing that thing. There's no giving it, though, is there? It's pure metal. Mm. So you could work around it. Yes, I was just about to say. (laughs) I might get a bit of a rash or something. (laughs) Han saw her Jawa. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? The Sarlacc pit? She saw. Nah, I don't know. Boba entered her Sarlacc. <laughs> I think George George Lucas did have some issues with women. Really, there's only one woman in the entire universe in the first three films, and then get the the Sarlacc bit. Everybody sort of look at each other. We know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> have you ever seen a short called uh, George Lucas in Love? It's based on Shakespeare in Love. No, <laughs> uh, it's it's worth looking up on YouTube or. I'm not sure if it'd be on like Hulu or something now, but we we don't get Hulu. Only you get Hulu. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're not allowed it. It used to be on YouTube. It might be that someone now has said this is too good to give away for free, or we want it in our private library of of, mm. of files. But you should be able to find it. And you know, just like in Shakespeare in Love, where they imply all these characters are are based on people in Shakespeare's life. It's there's the uh, druggy. Room uh, guy in the next dorm room over who's turned is the, clearly the inspiration for Yoda. There's the girl he has a crush on who's wears her hair in a funny way. That's clearly Leia, and uh, 
it, it's it's very well done and it's very clever in that it's short enough that it holds your interest, but it's long enough it it definitely gets the point across. Oh, I'll have to have a look for that. Yes, George Lucas in love. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, thanks, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, does anyone have any um, stories that we can hit on? Um, I know Brad's got I've something. I've got one. That he's you want itching to, to, to tell to, us? Yeah. Well, I'm hardly itching to tell you, but I'll, I will tell you. Go okay, on, sir. <clears throat> excuse me. This is from um, ALL News. I've got this. Uh, Police say a uh, woman hid 54 bags of heroin and money in her vagina. <laughs> um, authorities in Pennsylvania arrested a 27-year-old woman who they say hid more than 100 items, including 54 bags of heroin and loose change in her vagina. <sighs> Investigators took Karen McLeunius or something into custody last week and she was involved in a motor vehicle crash. Oh, and um, she burst. Well, basically, during a routine search, Scranton police officer Nancy Bowman found three bags of heroin inside her coat. Records show that Bowman placed her in the back of the police car and was taken her to the headquarters when she noticed her fidgeting. The two women then got into a struggle. Uh, another officer was called, and then she admitted she'd hidden more in her vagina. Investigators took her to the community medical centre... For further examination, <laughs> police said, doctors then retrieved 54 bags of heroin, 31 empty bags used to package heroin, 8.5 prescription pills, and $51.22 in change. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was just... Sorry. That's she was jailed on £25,000 bail and possession uh, intent to deliver a controlled substance. And drug paraphernalia. She she paid her own bail by reaching into her <laughs> vagina. <laughs> yeah. Pulling like out a wad of money. <laughs> Was her name Mary Poppins? <coughs> Sorry, just struck me as funny. There's <laughs> uh, crack abuse of the highest order. <laughs> God. Hmm. So that's my little story from AOL. I don't know if you've got anything to mention on that subject. <coughs> um... Bloody hell, she must have been a big girl to hide that much up there. I, I believe so, yes. Why me? Mm. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> Anyone who can drink that much beer is more of a man than me. See, it was also sort of a callback to the Sarlacc pit as well. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nicely <laughs> done. Thank you. <laughs> Podcasting professionals. <laughs> you got Anybody else got anything? Uh, Tim, have you got anything at all? No, I'm just having a look, actually. No. No, what? Can I share you this uh, ba, 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 this video, if you don't mind? Um, are we watching it now? Yeah, should we all watch it at the same time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. You're gonna count down. I'll, I'll <laughs> count down, but nice and slowly this time. Really okay. one. Is there <laughs> going to be an advertisement first? You got to sit through. Mm, you don't, no. You don't want that no. No, there won't. All right. right this ready? is the BBC, sir. We don't do advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Except for our own programs. <laughs> right. Three. Two, one, play. The real big trick with this dive is to land flat and try and get as much water out of this pool as I can. I want to dissipate as much water for a cushion effect. How does it feel? 
I feel glorious. I feel fantastic. Thank you, Norway. <laughs> <laughs> now, this for the benefit of people that can't actually see the video is a US shallow diver has broken his own world record by swan diving, not belly flopping, 36 feet into a paddling pool containing just 12 inches of water. He is a nutter. I, I, I don't use diving boards at the best of time anyway, but crying out loud, that's awesome. Why did he travel to Norway to set the record? I'm, I'm still trying to work that one out. I haven't found anything on it. I'm sure you'll type something in to Google <laughs> and find out straight away. But no, I, I haven't worked it out yet. I don't, He's a stunt I don't see the diver. point. I don't know what to make of that, really. <laughs> How old is he? He's... He's no spring chicken, is he? No. He's been working 25 years, high diving experience, and works as a stunt diver. I think work is a bit of a stretch, actually, <laughs> seeing as he just does, as Scott said, he just belly flops off of this platform. Into a paddling yeah. pool. <laughs> yeah. As, as work goes, I don't suppose the training's that difficult. <laughs> no. I've got to see that again, because that's just mad. The training wouldn't involve much either. It'd be, okay, right, belly dive off of this. And if mm. you survive at the other end, yeah, you got the job. You're fine. I don't know how he's surviving that, really. You'd think it would crush all his ribs. Mm. Well, he has his own website, ProfessorSplash.com. Oh, you found <laughs> something, didn't you? Darren Taylor is the talent behind Professor Splash. Taylor, hails <laughs> from the great state of Colorado, has more than 25 years of professional high-diving experience. He's traveled the world, breaking world records and entertaining millions. Taylor <laughs> holds eight world records in five countries. Italy, Spain, Spain. <laughs> Japan, and the US. But now Norway too, right? Yeah, that's why he's doing it. He's trying to break as many records in as many different countries. He's the greatest stunt diver in the world and is the only diver that has mastered the art of shallow water diving. Bloody hell, he's actually jumped from 80 feet before. You can book him for your next event. Yeah, yes, you can. I'm just <laughs> look at him standing there, all proud. He Why looks proud on his website, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Why wouldn't you book me? But if you booked him, would he have to constantly do it for an hour, or would it just be one? <laughs> <laughs> We've got you for the rest of the hour. Back up there, old yeah. man. I'm old. Like, it's like a chocolate fountain. You'd want it to carry on for a little bit longer than just one go. <laughs> Professor Splash. Well, how did he learn that talent? How did he realise that he had this superpower? Presumably, he fell off of something at some point in his childhood, <laughs> or his or his dad pushed him trying his to get rid of it. Him in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's They all they all learn that way, right? You know, someone gets mad at a classmate and they set a yeah. desk on fire, or they get in a car accident and they survive it. And he must have uh, <laughs> fallen off his roof and landed on a wet yeah. towel and been like, "I'm alive." <laughs> Let's just hope that he never uses his powers for evil. I know. Yeah, think of all the squashed kids. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Splash went insane today at a kid's party. There he is Delib on the roof. Don't do it. <laughs> Deliberately missed the pool but hit a group of 12-year-olds. <laughs> none, none survived. <laughs> I have um, another story for our Michael Jackson fans in the room. Oh, if we've got any. He's He's goading us. Have we got any? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I, no comments. 
Did you hear about the children's Michael- lunchboxes? Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the Michael Jackson statue being erected? <laughs> At um, Craven Cottage, uh, Fulham Football Club. It was oh, by Mohammed Al Fayed. He's bought this and he was going to erect it in uh, Harrods, but now hmm. he's been shifted out of there. He's obviously walking around his penthouse going, Well, I've got this big Michael Jackson statue <laughs> st- sitting around. Where the hell am I going to put it? Oh, hang on. <laughs> I own a football club. And so he's put it outside the football, or he's going to put it outside the football club. And all the fans. I was sitting there going, what? Hang on. You, what, what's that got to do with football? <laughs> Fuck all. <laughs> Apparently That's... he only visited there once and he saw one football match there. Um, I see no link there, anything at all. <laughs> I think it's rubbish. Will you be travelling down to see it? Tim, no. Timmy will. Of course yeah, he will. will. He'll be there the day it's erected. <laughs> <laughs> if it, he'll, he'll have his little curly wig and his hat on they'll be moonwalking around it in respect my sparkly socks <laughs> yeah he's, he's one white glove yeah and my slip-ons <laughs> <laughs> no I'm resisting I'm resisting <laughs> is that the lunchbox again <laughs> I was just going to say <laughs> well, what do you think about all the rumours that he's still alive what do you think about that nonsense no even though he sat up in the helicopter Come on, his body actually sat up in the helicopter. Did it? What? <laughs> Did you not see that. it? No, see oh. it. Show oh. me video, Elton. Okay, right, hang on. Right. Talk uh, this this could be the, the revelation that sets apotheosis going worldwide if it turns out Elton's got proof that Michael Jackson wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah. We've already gone through it once. But... Oh, right. Not for the show, you haven't. Have you? Not this deep, no. Oh, believe me! If I'd heard Michael Jackson, I would have, I would have checked it out. Was it Elvis Presley who was in the helicopter with him? <laughs> because there is that connection, isn't there? You know what I mean? Lisa hey? Marie Presley. Yeah. Uh. Let me just scan this movie first. Oh, I'm going to see a piece of. No, I am. I am. <laughs> Careful with your words, Tim. <laughs> We have to go back to Darren Taylor when we're done. I've I've uncovered some new information on Mr. Taylor. And I can wait till after. Uh, oh, I don't know now. Michael Jackson or Darren Taylor? <laughs> They're both Guinness World Record holders. It's uh... try not to make obvious jokes. <laughs> I know it must be bloody tough. For oh, you. I'm sitting here chewing my arm at the moment. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Splashing kids. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Now. That's for our show, mate. (laughs) That's a tech related. (laughs) Oh, this one's really bad. You already sold it. Now you got to show it to us. I know, I have to. Right, okay. I'll I'll send this one. That's the only one I can find at the moment. There's probably others. Okay, the white body with bandage in the helicopter. It's probably utter nonsense. But I, I've seen, um, as as this uh, helicopter pans across, it looks like the body of Michael Jackson in bandages is sitting mm. up, asking the pilot, you know, are we there yet? And it sits back down as the, the, the helicopter pans over it in, like, different camera shots. 
Mm. Um, it didn't look like he was sitting up to me. It just looked like the perspective was changing as it, the camera was going overhead. Or, mm. or a shadow, even. I mm. couldn't see. Um, so I couldn't even make out a body, really. I'm having another look at it now. I, I, I could see the body strapped down behind the guy who stood up in the helicopter. That's but, it, yeah. Yeah, but it didn't look like it was moving. I've seen clearer pictures, and it does look like it, but I'm not saying that he's alive or dead or whatever. No, he's dead. <laughs> no, I think I think I think it is the pers- perspective just moving. Yeah, fair enough. Bull. Final proof I, that he's dead. I call bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. There yeah. we go. Yeah, he's dead. Brown bread gone. Hope this twelve-year-old boy's in heaven. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Send you guys a couple of. Uh, the bits of information I found here. So okay, yeah, just checking that now. Two articles. Well, the sun goes through and it describes in 2008 that he hurled himself 35 feet into 12 inches of water to set the record. Actually, it's... Uh, so what did he just jump? 36 feet? Mm-hmm. Three years later. It says, um, the madcap American reached a speed of 30 miles per hour before crashing into a cushioned, inflatable little kid's a little bigger than a kid's paddling pool. Uh, Ex-strip club DJ. I was just reading that on the Telegraph <laughs> site. The former strip club DJ from Denver. <laughs> yeah, so he was 47 then, so he's 51 now. Uh, he held the record in 2008 at 35 feet 5 inches. No, he jumped 36 to set this record, you said. It said he would try to set that record of 40 feet on September 12th, 2008. And he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show to do that, but I can't find any information of how it failed. Mm-hmm. He said he was going to retire at 50, which obviously he's not. He's past 50 now. But it did mention there that uh, he tried his first shallow dive in 2001 and missed the water. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Thud. He jumped out <laughs> instead of up and landed a, in front of the pool on his face. Ow. But... Uh, it it calls it belly flop too in these articles, so I, I stand by that. He's belly flopping. I, yeah. I I would agree it's a belly flop rather than a swan dive. Oh, yeah. definitely. But I'm intrigued now. So obviously he planned to go for 40 feet and must have failed, or you know it's probably one of those 20 minutes of uh, looking into it and big show about it, and then goes ah, no, the wind's a bit too strong. I was just going to say <laughs> if, if he failed, surely we'd be reading an obituary. <laughs> <laughs> he must have backed out. He but then. Three years later, he added seven inches to the record. That's not that impressive. Seven inches is not impressive. (laughs) No, (laughs) not on that scale. Oh, (laughs) forty feet would be far more impressive. (laughs) But really, so you have you have this world record of you know thirty five feet five inches. Yeah. What, What made? Why not add more to it? Why not? Why not go more than just seven inches longer than that? I don't know, surely Ooh. seven inches wouldn't make that much difference anyway, really, would it? I suppose, well, the speed, you'd get approaching terminal velocity, aren't you? So he's only doing 30 miles an hour at the moment, according yeah. to those articles. So I'm going to to theorise that it had something to do with getting permits. Like, well, you know, your your diving board structure is, uh, if it's more than 36 feet high, you'll need a, a 3B permit and a <laughs> $700 processing fee. And so I- they went, you know what? 35 feet it is, then. Yeah. Maybe they're booking for speeding. 
But like, if you were holding, if it was like a hold your breath record or something like that, then improving it by a second or two seconds, you know, well, the world record was 144 seconds. He held it for 146. Yeah. That that's still an achievement. But if it's not even like you're jumping across like a ravine, like a evil Knievel, and you're worried about how far your cycle will actually go. You're falling. You're gonna hit the ground, no matter what. And it just seems odd that you know, why not go a full foot? Why not two? Well, you might as well say that in the in the Olympics when they do the high jump, you know, why go the extra inch when you can go half a foot? But th- there's a mm-hmm. limit to yeah, how we're going higher. The direction. What lower? Yeah, but I don't think in the Olympics it's not done by height, though, is it? They don't have like a ratchet system and just keep raising it up until. Well, he doesn't mean that. he means high jump, like track and field, right? Oh, right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I thought you meant diving. Gravity, so it's whether you can generate the force to get up and over the bar, but oh, yeah. going down, whether you're going to drop forty feet or, I mean, aside from what they said about the speed at which you fall, it shouldn't really matter too much. So yeah, there's not a lot of effort from him. It's just accuracy, really, isn't it? Hey, didn't horses <laughs> used to do this? They would jump off like a diving board and land in, in, in the Wild West times. Yeah, there's there's old footage of them jumping off, uh, of horses jumping off of high diving boards. Yeah, they used to do it here at, on the boardwalk by where I live now. <laughs> Did you see ever see the Iraqi Olympics video? Is <laughs> it the the Iraqi Olympics trails? I wonder if I can find that. I want to see that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iraqi Olympics uh, diving. Well, if we have any Jimmy Kimmel fans and they have been watching for years, it was on in September, September 12th, 2008. I don't think you can find it online, but maybe it's uh, something you remember. Well, if we find it, then we'll stick it in the show notes. You're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. I'm going to send this to you now. You'll like this. Okay. Sports bloopers comedy Iraqi Olympic diving trials. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant. (laughs) It's tombstoning. (laughs) 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 It's the way they clap at the end. Do you just want to explain what we've just seen then, Tim? <sighs> <laughs> okay, I don't... It's just... Well, hang on, let's start... Right, there's a, there's a commentator and he's speaking into the camera with a microphone and, and the camera, he points up and then you see this guy, he looks like he's going to dive off a high diving board. The camera pans away, he jumps, splat, straight onto solid ground, nothing underneath him at all. How high do you reckon that is? That's higher than that uh, Terry bloody pussy what's-his-name's jumping, isn't it? It's a fake video. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. It's great. It's all like a golf clap at the end as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah, it's the very polite applause restrained like this, like it happens every day. Um, but that did remind me of the the real ones in, in one of the South American jungles. They do that, don't they? They have a piece of vine tied to their legs. Have you oh, seen that one? No, no, I don't spend as much time as I you. Think watch I think I have. Things. Yeah, isn't it an an, an an initiation? Yes, I think it is. South American diving in the. Let's have a look. <laughs> oh dear, that was funny. Um, 
Oh, apparently it's a Turkish commercial for National Geographic. Ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You're going through the comments? Yeah, I was just reading reading down. There's a lot of heated discussion about whether it's real or not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm counting about a, three to seven people saying it's real or fake. <laughs> got to think if it was real it'd be classed as a snuff movie and removed from youtube <laughs> there's a comment on the bottom of that saying that's not a rock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tried men jump 80 feet into the ground oh it's a two minute video fuck that oh sorry oh we can just watch it one talk about it and uh so yeah jump ahead to like nothing happens i don't think before 50 seconds so i clicked oh, right in the God. middle uh, a little boy, that's that's swan dive. Yeah, very. Oh, little, little boy! boy. Oh, don't jump, little oh, boy! Mama. Don't jump! Don't do it! <laughs> Spider Man! Oh. oh God! Oh! Oh! All right, all right, watch it! Uh, yay! Oh! Oh! And now they're all dancing. <laughs> that's, that's, it's bungee jumping, isn't it? It's a very poor form of it. Uh, they seem to enjoy it, bless them. Look at them. They're all happily dancing around. That structure looks secure. <laughs> I'd like to see Professor Splash go off of that. <laughs> Look at the people dancing at the palm trees as well. Uh, we're going to have to put... Or you're going to have to put links to... Oh, willies. <laughs> That's not like you, Tim. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to see willies. Oh, he's going for the real high dive. What I'm seeing here oh. is a... Big guy at the top of a very rickety um, <laughs> structure with two vines attached to his legs. And he's just yeah. head first diving off the board. He looks like he's got an erection when he gets to the bottom as well. <laughs> Wouldn't you have? <laughs> you, you got all that blood rushing around in different directions. Be shame to waste it, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How did we get onto this? Professor Splash. <laughs> Professor Splash, that was he's, it. He's got a lot to answer for. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. Professor Splash has a lot to answer. Have we Googled Professor Splash on YouTube yet? I have Googled. I'm not <laughs> well, yes, it, technically. You're right. Mm. I do have a YouTube channel that I found. I guess I found it yesterday. Uh, it's it's a guy who does special effects. And he's right over his, his name is The Faking Hoaxer. Oh, he makes right. no claim that his, his things he says outright. He's like, I'm just, I, I made these fake videos of UFOs and stuff. And he'll sometimes at the end, he'll show, yeah, this, this is the shot I used. And this is the thing I mixed with it. And these are the programs I used to do it. It's all fake. And he's got a couple of um, pretty realistic looking things. He's got uh, like the space shuttle having disintegrated oh, in yeah. orbit and a couple of things. And, I'm, I don't know if he did it just to try to solicit work or just to experiment or whatever, but um, he's got a couple of YouTube videos that he says, like, people are taking his little watermark off and putting, like, a NASA one on and circulating it like they're real yeah. UFO uh, footage. Bastards. Are you sure he's not oh. faking the hoax? Why? Did, I knew you'd come out with that. <laughs> Why? Yeah, you are Mr. Gullible when it comes to all this. <laughs> he's he's an hope. alien, and he's spreading <laughs> yeah. misinformation. That's it, mate, yep. Using cool. his super technology to create ultra-realistic hoaxes. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to find the channel that I had. Um, there's a guy that debunks all the um, UFO videos and shows how they're done using Adobe After Effects to 
great. Like the, there was the recent Jerusalem ones where it had the three, the uh, video shot from three different angles, and everybody yeah, was convinced yeah. it was real, but it was obviously fake. I can't remember what his name. Yeah, is I think. Now. Well, we had his, we had his channel on uh, a previous episode. I forget what it was though. Ah, right. I could check the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, he went through. Like you said, he he was. Uh, you know, Use the little margin and annotation tools to show. Now watch yeah, to show that it's a still picture and things like that. So to yeah. show that the faking was uh, um, computer generated, and also saw, looked at the audio on one of them and could show the flat spots in the audio, in the wave line, so you could see that it was cut and pasted together. Yeah, very good. Yeah, a great channel for debunking all that rubbish. It's good to have them type of people around though, because you do oh, get gullible. Gullible people around there, especially with YouTube around. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the one at the moment is the two sons in China thing, isn't it? Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that's a um, uh, optical illusion, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Sun dogs. Um, But there, there's all these people who think it's uh, this planet X, this Nibiru, Nibiru. Yeah, that rubbish. It was Zachariah Sitchin, I think, who. uh, who came up with that idea? Zachariah Sitchin, I think, came up with the Nibiru. I'm going to double check that. Ah, I know sure there's that nutty about. woman who does the uh, uh, the speaking in tongues thing, isn't there? That she claims to be Raelian or something like that. I better. I should be doing some googling here. Really, I'm going to grab my keyboard. Isn't that uh, the Scientology thing? No, that's um, Scientology. Is the uh, Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, but what they wow. called their um, their uh, uh, Zord. Oh, brains go. Is it no, Zord? No, they're th- uh, they they the Thetans. Thetans. Thank you, body Thetans. Yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of nuts as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the, that that cult of uh, Americans that after Halle Bop or Hale Bop, uh, they were they all killed themselves, didn't they? Branch Davidians. Was it, yes, it? that's right. No, no, that's no, the other that's one. A- um, that was what's Waco, Texas, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Um, um, they all took poison, didn't they? Because this this uh, UFO didn't materialise from behind Hale Bop. Uh, well, they were but... supposed to. It, they were going to be taken by the UFO, mm. and so they had to drink the drink the poison. It would come and take their spirits. And for some mm. reason, I, if I remember right, the ringleader didn't do it. Like he, maybe he did. <laughs> <laughs> really? What a Bastard. <laughs> Bastard, honestly. Uh, the Heaven's Gate group. Yes, yes. Heaven's yes. Gate. Heaven's Gate, yes, of course. So they did all the videos before they were going as well, didn't they? Ooh. Oh, yeah, Zechariah Sitchin passed away just at the end of last year. And, uh, yeah, the Anunnaki and the planet Nabooru are alleged. Yeah, it's, it's all nonsense. It certainly is. Uh, Heaven's Gate was uh, an American UFO cult based in San Diego, California, founded and led by Marshall Applewhite mm-hmm. and Bonnie Nettles. Uh, yeah, they did. They, Scott was right. They thought that they were going to kill themselves and be transported onto um, a ship behind Hellbop Comet. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember rightly, um, Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek, Ahura, one of her relations was involved. Yeah, her brother Thomas was in the cult. Ah, right, okay. Oh, her brother, bloody hell. Was that? I yeah. I thought it was longer yeah. ago. Was that 1997? 97, yeah. Much earlier. No, that's when Hellbop came out. It was definitely Hellbop, wasn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> I think we're all just scanning YouTube at the moment, aren't we? I, I'm just yeah. reading. I was uh, linking back to um, uh, when you're saying about these these nut cases, basically that all think these things are going to happen. And uh, talking about Star Wars earlier on, there's a quote from Alec Guinness that I always remember. And um, I'm just looking up the story now. I've just found it. Um, the the reason that Alec Guinness turned against Star Wars and realised that it might not be such a good thing for people's mental well-being. He began to feel uneasy at the influence it might be having on the youth. The bad penny first dropped in San Francisco when a sweet-faced boy of 12 told me, this is him talking, told me proudly that he had seen Star Wars over a hundred times. His elegant mother nodded with approval. Looking into the boy's eyes, I thought I detected the star-like shells of madness beginning to form. I guessed that one day they would explode. I would love you to do something for me, I said. Anything, anything, the boy said rapturously. You won't like what I'm going to ask you to do, I said. Anything, (laughs) sir, anything. Well, I said, don't you think you could promise never to see Star Wars ever again? He burst into tears. His mother drew herself up from an immense height. What a dreadful thing to say to the child, she barked and dragged the poor kid away. Maybe she was right. I just hope the lad, now in his thirties, is not living in a fantasy world of second-hand childish banalities. Mm. <laughs> Wise words from Alec there. It does seem to me like the the instance of uh, nutty space people has gone up with the rise of sci-fi in the twentieth century. And of course, with twenty twelve just around the corner, it's uh, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll all be dead next year, so what does it matter? It doesn't matter, yeah, because we know that's happening. Yeah. At Have least we're. Ever... Go ahead. Go no, 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 no. Your show. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Spain. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video interview of Jake Lloyd, young Anakin Skywalker, like at age twenty? No. No, I haven't. Back back when uh, Apotheosis first started. It was kind of when the video came out. It was from 2009. So we have uh, – we've actually, like, talked about it a bit, but it, a lot of times gone by, and it's a, it's a five-minute video of him just just uh, lamenting <laughs> the choices he made in life. And, and uh, I mean, he, he just looks sad and, <laughs> and beaten. He's at, a, uh, he's at a sci-fi convention in London. Oh, dear. And he's just – he's like, yeah, it's – would I do it again? Probably not. He looks a beaten uh, man, though, doesn't he? I'm watching it now. <laughs> oh. God, my word. Oh. Is that really him? That's a Star Wars kid. That's two years ago, too. He's probably a little different now. Jesus. Oh, he's, it's the way he's slowly rocking backwards and forwards with his hands <laughs> on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Mother made me do it. <laughs> He's got that rictus on his face. Yeah. Poor bloke. This is going to be a watch along episode of Potheos, isn't it? Right. Fire up your YouTube and find this one. Right press is, play. Yeah. <laughs> well, that goes oh, back to the origins of uh, an apotheosis of a bombast, the title. When um, the, the guy who I wrote a paper with in high school that we named, the, the story was that our grades were supposedly locked in. And so, no matter what we got in this final paper, we were going to get like a B for the course. We could fail it, we could get an A, it just didn't count enough. So we decided to write like a tell-all instead of whatever it was supposed to be, like an essay about a, a um, famous physicist. We were like, all right, yeah, Mr. Kilgore, here's the deal. You know, Cheryl Coutre has a copy of all the homework assignments in the last six years. Her older brother has some projects we copied. This is, 
we're not trying to be mean. We even put like a little preface on the first page, like, you know, don't read this if you don't want to know. Just give us an F. But if you want to read it, we're gonna we're gonna be honest and and ratted everything out. And we got an A for the course, but we titled the paper "An Apotheosis of a Bombast." <laughs> During the course, there were a lot of times we would take these tests in there. And kind of like we're doing with the podcast, we'd be sitting there during the test, and either Joe or I would go like, "Ah, oh, I see. Oh, yeah." Just <laughs> you know, a few questions later. Ah, oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> Four minutes later. Ah, oh, God, yeah. And people were, what are you doing? I'm just taking the test. Take it quietly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, you told me the other day you had a question for Scott Elton, didn't you, regarding the name of the show? Well, yeah, where it came from. Did you know what an apotheosis <laughs> is? Yeah. And what does it mean? Yeah. That's what you said yeah. the other day. Yeah, uh, so, yeah an apotheosis uh, is a perfect example, and bombast is inflated speech or writing. So, like, a, uh, a, a being a, a blowhard, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> being pompous, so it's, it's See, the actually, epitome of pompousness. We, we covered this on... The live show where Elton phoned in, and I tried to decode what it meant then, and I I, I got it down to a, a, an exaltation of mindless piffle. That's basically it. Yeah, by working out what a bo- what bombast was in in the old sense and the exaltation. Uh, I think my um, decoding of it was slightly more religious, but mm. but as in exaltation on high. But yeah, I think it was basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. God, he does look like Star Wars kid. Poor chap. <laughs> I feel quite sorry for him. Like, look at some of these comments. Look at some of these comments. This is that's not Luke. <laughs> and another one says, "But he doesn't look like Hayden Christensen." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor chap. But you know, it, as much as it sucked, when well, he was ten when he filmed it. So the movie came out, and even if people hated it, his twelve-year-old classmates should have loved it. They they would have thought he was awesome while he was mm. while they were filming it. I would have thought he he, he must have been like oh, the world's coolest kid. It's not his fault, is it? I mean, it's no, not his fault not. in any way, shape, or form. They no. had the world of children to choose from, and, and they picked him and put him into a role. And it wasn't entirely his fault. It was a dreadful script. Yeah, it's, um, it's it was completely the feel of it was completely out of kilter with what had come before. Uh, and I don't think anybody could have been put into that role and changed the outcome. And it- I wonder if he if he was, you know, known to George Lucas, a friend <coughs> of the family, or something, because he he wasn't the strongest actor. There are there are other kids out there who could have acted far better than he did. But they would have still had the same material to act with, wouldn't they? And it was still crap. Um, it may have been that his parents just yeah. didn't stand up for him either. I mean, certain child Different actors, parents. you'd get like a, a parent who'd say. Yeah. I want this, this scene written a little different. And maybe George Lucas was like, uh, your mom's not going to come to rehearsals? Great, you're, you're good. You got it. I'm not yeah, being funny, that. but if any kid had been put into Star Wars, their mum and dad would have probably gone, yes, you're in Star yeah. Wars. What are you on about? Just do what he says. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Because the prequels hadn't been made then. No, exactly. No. It's like that scene in Fanboys, isn't it, where they're, they're, um, they're all getting ready to see it for the first time and all the sense of excitement and hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you do remember that when we all heard that there were going to be prequels, that was it. it was, there was no possible way that they could go wrong. Mm. In, in everybody's opinion, it's just like, well, this can't fail, but be awesome. I've not seen Fanboys. I must get hold of that. 
Well, it, it's better than episode one. That's for sure. I think it's running on one of the cable channels lately. It might be Showtime. Has it kind of in a cycle right now? Oh, I'm going to have to uh, get that. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Free Enterprise, which is the Star Trek one, where they go to meet William Shatner? No. no. Oh, that's a bloody good film. That's funny. It's got the guy from. Oh, oh, oh! I can't think of the film. It'll come to me. I've seen. I've seen a couple of them where they they go. Maybe Trekkies. I've seen. I've seen Trekkies and Trekkies too. Yeah. That's Denise Crosby's films, isn't it? Yeah, I was just about yeah. to say that I've seen that one. That's the one where uh, someone has a dentist practice, and they all dress up as <laughs> um, the Star Trek people. <laughs> and and as you walk through their doors, the doors goes ch ch and. <laughs> Oh, just weirdos. <laughs> Eric McCormack from Will and Grace. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I thoroughly fair, recommend fair it because it is, it is very funny because the, the, the first time they see William Shatner, he's reading porn in the library. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's his birthday today, isn't it? He's 80. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. It's Nas- it. International Speak Like William Shatner Day as well. Damn, I wish I could. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All I can hear is giggling. It's like, yeah. I heard that's how you ruined the lovely Lady Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I stood like Will Riker with one foot on the console. <laughs> Lead with the cock. Yes. <laughs> I shall make a point of watching Fanboys. Mm. Yes, it's uh, the the version that. Uh, actually hit the cinemas is completely different to how it was originally envisioned. They they reshot the ending and it had an entire storyline that they they removed involving an illness. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the, the thing I noticed when I watched it is there's a lot of um, uh, audio dropped in afterwards. It looked like they released they they made the film and then they realised it wasn't funny enough. So an awful lot of the jokes are um, they're dropped in. They're not spoken by a character on the screen. And it's right. like somebody's done a rewrite and come back afterwards and recorded little bits over the top. Like the, the, there's a bit where they meet um, Carrie Fisher and one of the characters goes, uh, I love you. And she clearly turns away from camera and walks off. You can see her face and then a Carrie Fisher voice goes, I know. Or something oh, like okay. that. You're like, <laughs> Hold on, she just didn't say that. They've just dropped that in after to try and up the geekdom. Uh, so there's right. a few things like that that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But yeah, it's a pretty funny film. Shatner's in that as well. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the boy in that is, or one of the boys in it is the main character from How to Train Your Dragon. To oh, right. Yeah. Jay Baruchel, I think his name is. That's a good film. That's better than all three prequels put together. <laughs> See, the two kids from uh, Caravan of Courage never got spoken about either, did they? <laughs> <laughs> Said with such passion, he is. He's like, there's nothing wrong with a caravan of courage. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of the Ewok song that they they took out? Nup 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 nup. nup, That's it, isn't it? Yup yup yup. They changed they changed it for the special edition DVD, and that really pissed me off. That did. Yeah, I don't like the special editions. No, no, nor do I. Oh, you really? (laughs) No. 
You really do talk about any old crap on this show. Don't you? Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like this freeform. It's like jazz and somehow podcast. it all ties together. In the end, we'll be talking about Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter's coming up, and I, there you go. Show's over. <laughs> oh yes, nice. Well, should we start to wrap up then? While we're here, or have you got anything else? Anyone got anything to throw into the pot before I shut oh, up? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Elton. I want you to clarify what you meant that you you said you had a quick read on the Kindle at the weekend. Ah, oh, yeah, my uh, brother-in-law had uh, brought one down, and I had a quick mosey on it, and it looks very nice. It's just not for me. I'm no. No, Jacob asked for one straight away, so I put the app on my iPhone, and he wasn't as impressed as that. But yeah, no. the Kindle it looks lovely. I, uh, it shows the page of the book, doesn't it, when it's on pause or whatever it is. And it yeah, it goes to sleep, and it shows. Are you talking about the artwork it yeah, shows when it goes yeah. into sleep mode? Yeah, and that yeah. looks really good. And it, yeah, it can just really sit there nice for hours and hours. But that's the best part, yeah. the page number. Yeah, it, it's it's not a book. <laughs> no, and I, I'll tell you what. You know, it, it took me a while, um, but I wouldn't be without it now. Although I was at without it today when I wanted to read for half So you're hour. lying again. <laughs> well, I thought, do you know what? I've been looking around for a second-hand paperback copy so I could keep it in the van for when I'm on my lunch break. <laughs> right, then from, from your point of view, would it kill books? No. Um, it wouldn't kill reading. That's well, not no, that's the whole idea no, of that, it. Well, isn't of course it? it won't. If it killed reading, it would be a lousy device because yeah. it would be making itself redundant. <laughs> No, because a lot of people say, oh, I only like reading because I like to have the thing in my hand, the feel of the book, the smell of the book. And a lot of people, no, I don't think it would kill books because there are those people out there who just won't even look at a Kindle or entertain one. Right. Um, and you can't beat the feel of the book, to be honest. Because they've got massive memory as well, haven't they? It's only four gigs, but you can stick huge amounts of data on them. I, th- I think I got the whole of the Stephen King which was about 60 books, and it didn't come to any more than about 15 or 20 megabytes. Bloody hell. Yeah. Because it's just text. I've got se- I- yeah. Uh, th- no, that's right, it's all text. It's incredible storage, really. But you can play MP3s on it and uh, stuff like that, but then, of course, you're going to fill the space up rather quickly if you start doing that. Mm. Well, I think what's going to happen is, just like with the MP3 players, it's going to be more practical to have a single device. People are going to have their iPad or, or a tablet PC. And mm-hmm. so the, the idea of a Kindle will, won't really last much longer. It'll be a feature of a, of a different item. If, I don't know because of the screen. I was just going to say, if Apple wake, work out a way of making a hybrid screen with the ink, then it's over mm-hmm. for Kindle instantly. Yeah. I reckon. I honestly do. I see there's going to be a time where you'll have a button on the side and you can press and it'll switch between the standard LCD Apple display on an iPad and, and e-ink, and the minute that happens, bye-bye Kindle. Yeah, yeah, because Apple are like that. They're not necessarily the the, the first to invent it, but they, they take an idea and they work with it and they make it better, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, th- I think um, the, the Kindle's having its day in the sun at the moment um, because it's so, it's so uncomfortable to try and read a book on an LCD screen. But I don't think it's going to stay that way for long. I think somebody will get in and, and work out a way of making a hybrid of the two. And then, mm. like, like Scott said, it's it's going to be game over, really, once you can do everything on one device. But then, then uh, there's no reason. Would this be the future of papers, like the morning papers? You, you can download papers onto this, can't you? 
What? Yeah, you can um, register and have um, the paper delivered to your Kindle every day, yeah. Yeah, but more and more papers are dying out. That's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. Is right. that the circulation of newspapers is down so far that there's every chance that they won't be around after a few more years. But mm. would that shift focus yeah. onto the Kindle, though? Well, you could have like an aggregate, uh, an RSS reader, because, uh, sorry, whistling down the microphone there. Um, <laughs> a lot of people now, they just pull their news in from the internet. You don't have to pay for it. And you can choose which source you trust for various topics and compile your own online newspaper. So mm. I think the being sort of force-fed one opinion from a newspaper, I think those days are slowly coming to an end. Mm. And the Kindle itself being black and white, you won't be able to see any colour pictures. So no, I don't think it would work that well. So no page free or anything like that? I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, I don't care about, I care for with, with a smaller... Uh, screen versions of of newspapers and all is the idea of of having to to enlarge to read it. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I like the fact of the newspaper that it's you're not having to pan across or widen and shrink and yep. I mean, it's I I'm not really a fan of the tablet size right. of PCs as it is and, and they talk a lot about moving textbooks to to digital media like that and you, you really. It either becomes more like an interactive website where you're clicking and paging through to get certain panels and all, or you have to do this tricking and enlarging, and it's yeah. just so much. <laughs> it's too much work. I have, I have the same problem with reading graphic novels on on any device like that. I can't. I don't feel comfortable if my eyes can't flip from one panel to another, um, and take it in. It breaks my concentration having to do something, an action in between the two, and I can't follow the flow of the story as well. Mm. Right. Well, they're not written for that medium yet. They're no. still written for you to be able to open it up wide and you have the full page yeah. mm. shot once in a while. Well, will right. that die when um, you end up with the the two page uh, Kindles or the? Oh, well, there are yeah. a couple, or not Kindle branded, but there are a couple of tablets that fold out like books. Already. Yeah, I've seen one tablet like that, and it looked quite neat. I think the only way something like that dies is when if Kindle bought out like Marvel or DC or something or or came to some sort of agreement where they agreed to stop just stop publishing it a certain way you know like so that's how like your graphic novel will, will fade away or something like that when when mm. one one source of a medium is is convinced to just stop producing it outright you know yeah. whether it's a, a software program that you're forced to switch from uh, Microsoft money to Quicken because they're just not making yeah. that anymore I mean, it seems unlikely now, but if we we're all old enough to remember um, vinyl, and everybody's saying at the time compact discs come out, oh, you'll never lose vinyl because of the gatefold albums, and then when CDs were popular, oh, we'll never lose these because you've got the artwork and the case, and you physically own it, and it was it was a matter of a couple of years for that just to completely collapse, and and uh, digital media to just take over. It happened in in the blink of an eye. I can't see so, CDs disappearing though. That's the thing because you oh, can no. hear the compression on the MP3. Yeah, but you can get lossless formats where you don't. That's the thing, and you can also get formats that are higher quality than CD. I know, but the the general public they, they think of digital media like that, and they think MP3 straight away. They don't think of mm. AAC or anything else. But the sales of CDs have tanked so much now that it's being funded from other industries are keeping it afloat and it's it's going the way of the dodo. Mm. The, 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 the way they keep funding these uh, dead formats past their sell-by date, and the classic one was, um, I think it was in 2000 and, 
eight. There was um, six hundred cassette singles sold, <laughs> but they were still stocked throughout the country. God, six hundred. Yeah, yeah, mainly in the pound it, it, shop. In a year, <laughs> the cassette singles through. I still have a box of uh, cassettes, and I have a cassette player. I prefer cassettes when CDs came out because you could record on them still. I really fought CDs, even though the quality was better on a CD. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't. You couldn't make your own back in like the late '80s and. No, I know what you mean. We used to record onto Nikon video because it was the only way we could do digital recording. We'd get a, 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 Nike, a cheap Nikon video recorder, VHS, and just link the audio up and record onto that for the CD quality sound. But yeah, and, and, uh, like Minidisc, I think Minidisc is still a live format, but God knows how many they sell now. I, I can't mm. remember the last time I actually saw a Minidisc for sale. No. Well, I've got them, but only because I've got all the masters of... Um, various recordings I've done over the years with bands and that so I have to have one yeah <laughs> but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy trying to get a new one now no mm. but we should have all switched over to Blu-ray surely by now anyway or do you think we're all just going to skip that because it doesn't seem to have taken hold in quite the way it, it was predicted it needs to drop in price yeah it helps that the TV, the price of TVs is coming down as well. That soon everybody will be able to afford a nice HD TV, and, and once you've got that and you've seen a DVD on it, you'll just want to buy a Blu-ray player. Mm. Yeah, I'm still on the old style TVs at the moment. Yeah, I've got a CRT with a uh, with a five year old DVD player next to mm. it. It still looks fine to me. I got my first high def television three weeks ago. Up yours, and, and it's lovely. <laughs> I'm actually recording this on it now because I use it as my computer monitor as well. Oh, uh, crying office. out loud! So <laughs> you're you're up on the screen on my on my 32 inch flat screen in front of me at the can, moment. Can you see my Nerd. fingers pointing up at you? I can, I can see a spider. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a spider and Scott's uh, avatar sticking his tongue out at me. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't bought any Blu-ray discs yet. I've got no, the P- PS3 for a Blu-ray player, so I figured it was easier to get that, but I haven't bought any films. What's next after Blu-ray, then? Is it just solid state? Download. Digital yeah. download. Yeah, the 3D. But, mm, it needs oh. to be big enough to carry the uh, the file sizes of the 3D content. That's true. I mean, we'd say download, but we've got download already, and the limiting factor is the size of the files to download. So and it's like so it's the speed and the storage it's space. The speed and storage space, yeah. Like a three D film would be absolutely enormous. So you wouldn't really want to stream it, not unless we had way faster speeds and bandwidth. Probably you don't get the and well, you won't get the whole file at once. They'll, they'll stream it in chunks, kind of like watching a Netflix film on your computer. Yeah, quite possibly. Mm, but I know some of the stores over here. I mentioned on Happy Times a couple of times. My brother-in-law is quite high up in Best Buy in the UK. He launches all the new stores. I think one of the gimmicks they were using is um, having uh, formatless music. So basically you buy the song, you walk into one of their stores with your USB key on your keychain or whatever and just plug it in and they give you the song. So there is no storage medium involved other than what you've already got. (laughs) So no CDs, no cassettes, nothing. No overheads either with that. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. Yeah, but there's no, there's no joy in it either. You know, there's the, when I was a kid, you used to go and you, as, as you said, Brad, you'd look at the back of the LP cover, you, you could open it up and uh, listen. You could listen to it on the headphones inside the bloody record store. Yeah. And, but 
it's it's just all very cold and clinical. Yeah, I, I, I was the I was the boy who who would go to the secondhand record shops in in my spare time and just spend time browsing around finding new artists that I'd never heard of, um, in in the cheap bins, and that was my idea of a fantastic day out. Mm. And that that's something that's been lost, and I think that's another reason why books might stay around a little bit longer. Is is there is a there is a pleasure to be had from going through a second hand bookshop. Oh, I just wicked. did that last oh. week. I just mm. went through and and bought three books I wouldn't have bought except that they were fifty cents and they had a cover that piqued my interest. And yeah, and, but I, you couldn't. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't go through. It, you can't actually go through these catalogs online, and you have to know what you're looking for mm. when you're you're going to download content. Well, another thing with oh god. Well, I was just going to say then. Also, you get the sport for choice syndrome, where we all know we're all tech savvy enough to know that really, if you want an album, you can go online and get it for free now, instantly, anywhere. Yeah. If 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 you know your way around a browser, you can do it. I mean, it's not legal, but people do it. So you get a situation where there is no. There's no waiting for something to come in. It's just the moment you think about it, you've got it. Mm. So there's no joy in that at all for me. I found that, um, I mean, you were quite surprised to find out uh, that I only have a 50 gig iTunes library, Tim, the other day. Yeah, and That's yeah. because if if it was the same situation as when I was young where you really had to work harder to find decent music and, and, and take some pride in it, then it would be spanning terabytes. But it's not. It's just the fact now that if I want to listen to a song, I don't even have to have it. I can just stream it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, if you want to listen to a record now, you just go type it in YouTube, and you can listen to it on there instantly for free legally. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then so, let YouTube store it for you for the next time. Yeah, exactly. So, what's there's no the onus isn't on me to acquire it in any form at the moment. No, if you do acquire it, it's it's limited distribution. Like whether this Best Buy thing you were talking about, they'll put it on the USB for you, but it's probably very restricted where you can put it and who can access it after that. Where with a CD, yeah. you can play it in one room. I, that's one of the things I find so frustrating. You download certain content and you try to put it on a certain player and it's, you know, your mm. rights are DRM, digital, Yeah, digital yeah. rights management, DRM. Yep. Which is actually, that's another thing that's phasing out slowly. I mean, Apple have relaxed their view on it. It seems to be easing off. I, mean, I know if you buy something through like Amazon, uh, there's no DRM on it, MP3 that'll play on anything, and you can you can swap it around and play it on and whatever you want. I think that's the way it's going to go. Mm. Mm. We got all serious at the end on this show. Haven't I'm we? a bit <laughs> depressed now, actually, because <laughs> I started thinking of my childhood, and now I'm all grown up. I'm a bit depressed. If I looked like you, I'd be depressed as well, thinking about that. Uh, well, I'm not. You're not looking at me. I'm actually looking at you on yeah. the old Skype thing and your mm, monkey and the guitar and the <laughs> silly haircut. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you could see my. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I can't see that at my end. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the the scary monkey out of Family Guy pointing at me on stage, haven't I? Yes, you have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, well, it seems like a good time to wrap it up then. Um, we need you... a moral. Yes, we need a moral. You guys want to pick anything? Moral. Mm. Oh, crikey, a moral. What have you learned today? Uh, stay off YouTube when guests appearing on a podcast. <laughs> um, That's the longest title ever. <laughs> I think... Uh... If you're going to up your record, do it by more than seven inches. <laughs> seven inches, well, you said seven inches was enough. 
That might yeah. be a more Yes. Seven and I think it, I think enough. it is. Yeah. How about a, a belly flop is not a swan dive? I like that too. I don't. I think that's bloody awful. That's the worst <laughs> bowl I've ever heard. <laughs> that's because that's what I said. <laughs> if Michael Jackson is actually dead, it's something I'll take away from this. And we learn you should turn down a role in episode one. Yes, that's a good one. Episode one can ruin your life. Yeah, that's it. Episode yes, one can that, ruin your life. I think that's, that's the one. It's yeah. true on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. I think it is loaded with meaning. <laughs> Okay, then. well, we'll go with that one then. Um, have you two uh, got anything to plug? You got your Twitters or your a, a podcast or anything like that you, you guys do? I don't know. Well, we do occasionally do podcasts, yeah. don't we, Tim? Yeah, but it's, yeah, every now and then. every It's a weekly a weekly show. If you can plug it in and recharge it, we'll talk about it. And it's called Appy Times with my great mate Brad and myself. Yeah, so you can find us at, uh, at geekplanetonline.com. Or uh, on iTunes, just type Happy Times. Or if you've got an Android or an iPhone device, then you can just go to the App Store and type Happy Times and download our free apps. And have you got free. a have you got a email where people can send reviews for apps as well? Take it away, Timmy. Yeah, we we do ask for people's uh, reviews and any tech questions as well. Send them to appytimes at gmail dot com or uh, appytimes at geekplanetonline.com. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. geekplanetonline.com. Cool. Yeah. yeah, or if you're on Facebook, just type Happy Times into the search bar and join our group. And we promise we'll look at it occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> every, every now and again, yes, you'll make an yeah. appearance. Yes. <laughs> They've no. also got uh, Twitters. Uh, Tim is at Trekkie Geek. Hey. me. And mm. Brad is Brad VF. <laughs> so if you guys no. want to follow him, please follow brad and maybe tim and scott's is at scott spain (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) say it again go on (laughs) you don't need me to elton can just play it again i I haven't got it hand now it's all gone Uh, hang on (laughs) we'll have to auto-tune it put it to like a, a music beat yeah. Oh, he uh, just unlocked his speed. iPod there. Oh, did you hear that? Yes, Sorry. you were unlocking your iPod. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, famous as a ringtone. Very nice. Spain. Right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yes, thank you. Out of applause. Well, on that note, guys, thank you very much. Um... <laughs> What is there? There's our email address. We have bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Send all your lovely stuff towards there so we can play our jingle at least once a month, maybe. Uh, we also have the website, which is pod, uh, bombastpodcast.podbean.com, where you can find all the show links and sites and stuff like that. And we also on the Twitter, if you want to follow us there. What's your Twitter address, Elton? Uh, Elton McManus. Quite boring. I, I never know whether to make my own handle up or not. Or just keep your own name. I might just stick, stick to my own name. McManus! Yes, if you can get McManus! <laughs> that would be awesome. I do believe that is taken already. Oh, just like some bastard took Appy Times. And never tweeted. Nope. Sat on it. Squatter. <laughs> what? Spider? Squatter. Oh, squatter. Sorry. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. Spider. Spider. Ah. 
with that, thank you very much, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Yep, thanks a lot. Bye. 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 I said it last, bye.